You're listening to the Rod Langwing Fan Club. This is for Rod. NHL Quarterly Report with Mark Chiknita. Uh, scoring nine points. Rapid fire. John Snowden. Your shining star is sure shining. <laughs> Those are the stats. Those are the numbers. So let me ask you a question. And Jeff Rollerman. Being led by his young stud. Um, yeah. And Tammy. Welcome, everybody, coming at you from Taipei, Taiwan. This is the Rod Langway Fan Club Podcast. I'm with the best line in podcasting. To my left, Mark Chechnita. Put me in, coach. And on the right side, John Snowden. I think I'm ready to go. I might have a bit of a lower body injury, but uh, I'll give it a go. So where are we here, John? We are in our Taipei City studio overlooking the beautiful Huping Riverside Park. And uh, it seems like we have a new addition here. Mark, you brought this in today. It's up on the wall. What What is this exactly? Oh, you must be referring to the uh, lovely jersey we have there. That's a yeah. Rod Langway vintage jersey signed by the man himself. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. Well, where, did you, where did you get this from exactly? I know a guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I used to live in Shenzhen, China, and I had a connection down there, and uh, he's gotten me all kinds of jerseys over the years, and the price is always right, so. I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm looking at the signature. Yeah, that was my only question, is what's up with the signature on it, though? What do you mean? Is that authentic? It looks a little, like, long way, or... I think your cursive is just a little out of practice. It looks good to me. Okay, okay. And what is up with the food in the green room tonight? Well, it was the leftovers from the Thanksgiving spread a couple weeks. Ooh, I don't know about that turkey. It looked a little green. Oh, come on, a little turkey sandwich. It's always nice. Yeah, you heat it up. It's all right. Well, that's enough chit-chat. What's on tap for today, Jeff? In our first segment, we're going to hit the high seas. As we circumnavigate the NHL at the first quarter mark, we'll highlight the swimmers, sinkers, and those just treading water. And our next time we're going to try something a little bit different. Uh, we've got our investigative journalist, Connor Morrison, who's been doing some digging. He's really been putting in the work. And we live in a world where nothing is really what it seems. So we're going to take a look at a few conspiracy theories floating around out there. Ooh. And Johnny, last segment, what do we got? As always, we have our favorite segment, Ask the Commish. Uh, we're accepting your emails, your tweets. We're going to be picking our commissioner's brain about issues, hockey, and uh, actually anything else you want to ask him about. All right, let's kick the ballistics. Yo, VIPs, let's wick it. All right, stop collaborating. Listen, ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the light. Dream a rock a mic like a vandal, light up a stage and watch a chomp like a candle dance. A brush is making that boom, killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Dead dead. When a bed of melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. Better game way, better hit bulls like a kid don't play. If it was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while DJ revolves it. Ice, ice, baby. Vanilla ice, ice, baby. And we are back. That was an old man wicket song, Ice, Ice, Baby. Wait a minute, is that a Robert Matthew Van Winkle cover? Yeah, I believe it is. Didn't he go by another name, Mr. Van Winkle? Who knows? 
All right, guys. This is our first segment, and being it's our first segment and hockey is played on frozen water, uh, we're calling this segment the icebreaker. We'll be taking a look at some of the best teams in the league, the teams that are going full speed ahead. And a couple others who have hit choppy waters. And a few teams that should be walking the plank. Okay, guys. So, which teams are all sales set here? All sales set! Well, I think the first choice is pretty clear. We're going to start with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Absolutely. Yes, I mean, they're in first place in the league right now. They have a couple of the top scorers in the league with Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos. Um, what a great one-two punch to start things off. Let's not forget the second line. Braden Point has really emerged as a scoring threat on his own, along with rookie Yanni Gord, who a lot of people didn't really think would, would come flying under the gate like this. He's really He really flew under the radar. Um, and, of course, Andre Vasilevsky, one of the best goalies in the league right now. He's really lived up to his billing. So the Tampa Bay Lightning are certainly going all sails set full speed ahead. They are really looking good. Let's not forget about Victor Hedman as well. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best defensemen in the game. John, no doubt Tampa Bay has been cruising at like 40 knots. Um, Is that fast? I I think so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Is that fast? I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, I'm going to throw in the the St. Louis Blues. They're definitely all sales set. What a start of their season. It's incredible. You look at the Blues, I mean... Mike Yo, his first season coaching from the start of the year, and Vladimir Tarasenko has been Vladimir Tarasenko. He's been scoring goals left, right, and center. But you look at Jaden Schwartz, wow, what a start. Yeah, this seems to be his breakout year, and uh, newly acquired Braden Shen. Yeah, what he's, a steal in that trade from Philadelphia. Yeah. Shen's been incredible. Yeah. Um, Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, I mean, look at, yeah, they, they really wanted to lean on him, and he's come through big time. And Jake Allen and Nett. Sure. Yeah, everybody seems to be firing on all cylinders. And um, who knows? You know, we'll see when they uh, get Jay Bowmister back. They might even be even better. Yeah, Mark, do you, didn't you uh, didn't you beat them to miss the playoffs? <laughs> I think you did, Mark. I cannot recall that. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with the St. Louis Blues actually, and I think that they're going to miss the playoffs now. All right, you got yeah. me, boys. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of missed the boat on that one, I guess, but. Uh, well, the season is still young, so... It's true. They could still blow it all and make me look like the genius that I wish I was, but probably am not. <laughs> but you know, guys, sometimes the sea is very hard to read. Uh, the next segment we're calling Shiver Me Timbers. Shiver Me Timbers! All right, so Mark, at the first quarter, Mark, which team surprised you the most? Uh, caught your eye un- under the eye patch? Well, there's a few surprising squads, but i got to go with the LA Kings. They looked like they were destined for the bottom half of their division, trending downward, uh, some older players, but they look like a brand new team this year. They do. They, they, they cleaned out the management, the coach, and the GM. And I think that's a big part of it. New coach John Stevens has brought a more open style of play. He's taken the reins off of Drew Doughty. He's freewheeling, skating around, making plays. Anze Kopitar looks like he's five years younger. He's dominant out there again and how about Dustin Brown coming back into form after looking like he was on his way out of the league yeah is this 2009 or what I don't know the fountain of youth maybe he's found it and he's not telling anyone else about it but uh, I'm shocked yeah and then the Kings in spite of Jeff Carter being out they've got some nice contributions from Tyler Toffoli 
Adrian and, Kempe has been playing really big minutes for them too. Yeah, and Pearson. Yeah, for sure. And let's not forget about Jonathan Quick. Um, I mean, he's back in all-star form. Got Vesna candidate written all over him. Well, that was a big part of last year's failure was him going down at the start of the year. So if mm-hmm. he stays healthy and keeps playing this way, you cannot write off the Los Angeles That's Kings. That's true. Yeah. And they, of course, they've got uh, Jake Muzzin. Jake around the net, he always be buzzing Muzzin. Yeah, he's. I wish he was my cousin, but uh, one hell of a player. So, John, what's another team that's worthy of a shiver me timbers? We've got to go with the New Jersey Devils. I mean, they were a team that seemed to be buried 2,000 leagues under the sea for the past couple of years. You could go back to since Parise and Kovalchuk left, even back to when Brodeur left. They've been a team really searching for an identity. Yeah, they've been absolutely shocking this first quarter. Yeah, big surprise. They may have found their identity. I mean, Taylor Hall has been Taylor Hall. Corey Schneider has been pretty rock solid. But most surprising have been the rookies. Um, Will Butcher on defense, big surprise, seems to be a power play specialist. Um, nobody seemed to have seen this one coming. Yeah, great free agent signing. Yeah, yeah. Jesper Bratt also came storming out of the gate with tons of points in the first couple of weeks. And we can't forget the first overall pick. Yeah, Nico Heischer, um didn't start the season off super well, but of late has really turned it on and uh, seems to be living up to the billing. He's stepping up big time now because they had uh, Travis Sajak go down to start the year, and that was a pretty big loss for them down the middle. Yep, Kyle Palmieri's been out as well. Yeah, but I think there might be stormy seas ahead for this group. They're just playing above their heads right now, and this defense core, a bunch of no-names, I just don't see how they can maintain this, especially in what was supposed to be the most difficult division in hockey. Yeah, well, time will tell if they can stay the course. Mark, lots of surprises at sea. Not all of them good. Any teams taking on water? Biggest disappointment's got to be the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, this team looked like they were going to be ready to take that next step and become an elite team, maybe challenge for the division. And uh, so far, it's been Connor McDavid and a collection of landlubbers. They're just struggling. Um, I think one of the most memorable moments of that first weekend was that electrifying performance that McDavid put on against the Calgary Flames, scoring a hat-trick. That goal where he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. And I thought, here we go, Oilers are unstoppable. They're just going to coast to a division title. And since then, it's been a real struggle for them. They're just not getting that secondary scoring. And I think the other big issue is that they're not getting the level of goaltending they got last year out of Cam Talbot. So until they can solve those problems, it might be a, it might, they might be swimming against the current. Yeah, it's looking rough there. It seems like Groundhog Day in Edmonton. Like, are they going to finish as low as they are right now? Because that would be shocking. Everyone had kind of anointed Connor McDavid and the Oilers as the next dynasty, but this is at least a massive hiccup along the way. So, Jeff, to round things out, are there any teams that you think should be walking the plank? Walk the plank! Well, I think the most obvious choice would be the Arizona Coyotes. Yes, seems the only choice at this point. Yes, um, an absolute disaster. Um, I really thought that Rick Tockett was the wrong choice to head that team. I think everybody but Rick Tockett, and maybe even Rick Tockett on the back of his mind, probably thought he was the wrong choice for that job, but here they are. So what an unfortunate situation. They brought in Derek Stepan. They brought in Nicholas Sharmelson to pair with Oliver Ekman Larson. Everybody thought that this was a team who was going to be better than they were last they year. They had to be, right? They had such yeah. a low bar set. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like they have hit absolute rock bottom. They are at the bottom of the ocean at the moment. Yeah, instead of the high jump, they're playing the limbo. They're trying to go under that bar. Yeah, the only bright spot was my uh, choice for Rookie of the Year, Clayton Keller. 
And the irony is that the team that's been trying to tank all these years and not getting that first overall pick might actually try to win and flounder and end up with the number one overall pick. Wouldn't that be something? Yep, they are sinking. Well, boys, now that we've broken the ice, how about a round of rums and some merry-making tunes? Aye! Yar! The seas were off the portly straight ahead The booze ran out, the men grew tired And this is what they said Captain, if you cannot find a place to set her down Then you'll be sleeping right along this vessel in the ground We're back that was the Mad Caddies with Weird Beard. Speaking of weird boys, you know, there's lots of weird conspiracy theories out there nowadays. I know uh, Trump has ordered the release of several government documents related to the Kennedy assassination. And uh, that kind of got us thinking a little bit about um, the conspiracy theories that exist in the hockey world. So in this segment, we're calling it Unmasked. And we're going to delve a little deeper into hockey's little-known stories of intrigue and secret societies. first story actually comes from one of our investigative reporters, Connor Morrison. He does a lot of digging around on a lot of our stories, actually, so credit to him. To sum it up very quickly, the whole game is rigged. The it's, whole thing. Yeah, from yep. top to bottom, the winners, the losers, the scoring champions. The fix is in. Yeah, the fix is yeah, in. Yeah, this was shocking. Yeah, this is way down the rabbit hole. But, I mean, it seems to check out. And it's surprising how far back this goes. Yeah, it goes really far back. Yeah. So it's an organization. They're called the Brotherhood of the Blade. Uh, this actually originates back to the times of Lord Stanley. And he was, of course, the Governor General of Canada, the man who was responsible for the Stanley Cup being brought over to Canada. And he was a part of his own organization called the Order of Bards, Druids, and Cricketeers. Uh, another member of that group, uh, his name was Archibald Smith, a wealthy felter from a wealthy felting empire family. Uh, they had a bit of a falling out, and he actually moved to Canada, and he actually set up this Brotherhood of the Blade, modeled after this other organization that he had left. And then he had three sons um, named Alf, Tommy, and Harry Smith, and they continued on his work in Ottawa for the Ottawa Hockey Club. And uh, about the time they arrived on the scene, they reeled off, was it 11 championships? That's right, 11 Stanley Cups. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, much to the chagrin of Lord Stanley, I'm sure, who, who was not a fan of the Smith clan at all. But by that point, he'd pretty much been muscled out and he was no longer in the scene. And right around that time, the Smith clan was influential in setting up the National Hockey League as the premier hockey league in North America. That's right, they strong-armed the old WHL out. That's right. And became the number one hockey league in North America. Yeah, it was a bit of a hostile takeover. Absolutely. And since then, the captain of every single championship team, the coach 
all of the main referees, the general managers, they've all been members of this organization, the Brotherhood of the Blade. Yeah, they meet every summer in a place not too far from Peterborough called Scugog Island. They do a retreat out there once a summer, and they've got a lodge where they apparently have all kinds of rituals and they, they initiations. Yeah. yeah, some pretty bizarre stuff I've heard. Yeah. Now, I, I believe it's Wayne Gretzky who's, who's one of the grand wizards of this organization. That's right. And there's a story out there about him bringing a young Connor McDavid, 15-year-old Connor McDavid. Yeah, when he was out. 15 years old. Yeah, and yeah. he joined right away. And I mean, I think he's probably going to win a few Stanley Cups now in his career. Yeah, well, I think it's predestined if this is the case. And we learned uh, that there were a few holdouts. Yeah, among them is Jerome McGinley. One of the most controversial Stanley Cup moments is probably that of the 2004 Stanley Cup Final and the Game 6 goal that was disallowed by as a Martangel in a goal. And if you look at the replay, it's pretty obvious that was a goal. And to this day, a lot of people really scratched their heads over how that goal was not allowed. Now, when viewed in the context of Jerome McGinley refusing to join this organization, I think things seem to make a little more sense now, don't they? Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff makes sense. That's why the story is so compelling, because when you look at events through the prism of this, suddenly things become very clear. And another member that just joined this past summer, bit of a coincidence maybe, but uh, Steven Stamkos, that is uh, the captain of the team who is currently first in the NHL. That's right, some photographs were released online, um, which seemed to suggest that he was uh, in and around Scugog Island. Yeah, yeah, there was one where he was walking arm in arm with Sidney Crosby on the way into a limo. Yeah, so we're going to keep uh, digging on this story. Connor's working on it. I'm sure there's a lot more that we can find out. Um, so we'll keep you posted. conspiracy theory that we came across involves a certain hockey legend and perhaps unsurprisingly Russia. Yeah so one of our tech guys uh, he goes by the handle Timo V King uh, he's got some ties to the dark web and he was poking around the other day and he unearthed this crazy story about Yarmir Yager. Now, as you all may remember, Yarmir Yager spent uh, three years playing in the KHL. Now, during that time, he was invited to participate in one of these Vladimir Putin celebrity hockey games. Um, basically an excuse for Putin to, to flex his muscle, show off his skills, and everybody lets him do whatever the hell he wants out there. He scores some goals and looks like a real big man. Well, Yager had other ideas, so he actually turned the tables on Putin, uh, stick-handled around him, made him look like a little boy out there, and just made him look like a goof, really. He scored a bunch of goals. Putin was not impressed at all. He had footage of that game destroyed, made everyone in attendance swear that they would not utter a word of this great embarrassment. Yeah, and we can really start to connect the dots on this one. Uh, it's no surprise that Yager wasn't willing to play ball with Putin. Let's not forget that Yager always wore number 68. He wore it throughout his entire career, and it was commemorating uh, the Prague Spring in 1968. That's when his grandfather died the same year. He was thrown in prison by the Soviet government for resisting the collectivization of his farm. So Yager has never been a big fan of Russia, and I'm sure he derived a lot of joy from uh, putting Putin to shame on the ice. Yeah, and that's the whole thing with this tournament, is it was kind of this moment where Yager was supposed to bow down and kiss the ring, 
and instead he smacked Putin right upside the head. Well, this is when things really get crazy. So after the game, Yager disappears. Uh, his team cited personal reasons. Uh, he went missing for two weeks. And in that time, it's alleged that Yarmir Yager was actually tortured. They cloned him and then killed him. And that the man now playing in the NHL is not Yarmir Yager, but is a clone of Yarmir Yager. And yeah. the man himself died in the year 2010. Yeah, he's bounced around the NHL since he's come back, and there's even a story about him being in Calgary right now. Well, yeah, he's a, he's now a, a tool of the Russian government. He's a KGB operative, and he's now in Calgary because Calgary is the headquarters of the oil and gas industry in Canada. And as we all know, Russia is a major player in the oil and gas game, and they've been poking around the Arctic, and they're really interested in the oil and gas reserves up in northern Canada. So they're just looking to get some intel right now, and Yager is the perfect excuse for that. Yeah, yeah. Who, wouldn't, who wouldn't want to talk with Yammer Yager? Yeah, he's the perfect mole. I mean, men and women alike, right, would love to, to share something with Yammer Yager. Yeah, so if you're down on Electric Avenue in Calgary and uh, Yammer Yager starts chatting you up and you work in the oil and gas industry, just politely change the yeah, topic, please, careful with for the good of our nation. Yeah. Shocking stuff. It is, and we had a lot of stories, but actually this is just the tip of the iceberg. Well, you guys remember that uh, mumps epidemic oh, from a yeah. few years ago? Oh, yeah. oh, that struck the NHL? Yeah, where yeah. a lot of players came down with the, with the mumps. Well, there was some foul play behind the scenes. Now, we don't have all the story straight quite yet. We're not ready to run with it, but uh, by the time we have our next episode, we should be ready okay. to yeah. divulge we'll a little more. We'll save that for the next one of Unmasked. Yeah, Unmasked. It's a, we're digging deep on this one, though. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Guys like us don't always have mustaches. But when that moment calls, men of distinction always know where to turn. Plowman's Choice. Extra firm, all-natural mustache wax. Your shape, your way, your choice. We are back. And thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Plowman's Choice. Well, it is Movember right now, so if ever there was a time to break out a big old tin of Plowman's Choice and wax up that stash, now is indeed that time. Let's not forget that they do use all naturally sourced beeswax in their product. That's pretty important in this day and age. It is. It's been a tough time for bees. Yeah, it's going to be a tough time for us if bees aren't able to recover. We really got to do everything we can to push that ball forward. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're dealing with all kinds of problems from pathogens, parasites, environmental stressors, and management stressors. So we really got to watch out for our bee populations all around the world. Although on a brighter note, there are the uh, Puerto Rican killer bees, uh, apparently giving hope for bee species all over the world. They could be the, the savior of bees, apparently, and maybe the savior of us. Yeah, but let's not forget that bees are in peril. I'm not doubting that, John. I'm not doubting the, the peril that bees are in. And now, our favorite part of the show, Ask the Commish. Yeah, this is your chance to ask Commissioner Jeff Rollman all of your questions. Uh, you can send us emails at rodlangwayfanclub at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at rodlangwayfanclub. So uh, keep them coming in, people. Sorry, sorry, what was the question? I would totally veto that. What kind of league are we running here anyways? I'll have to consult the rule book on that one. Remember the trade guidelines. Can we get some friendly questions here? You guys have got to dress your players. Got to dress your players. Dress your players. Dress your players. Okay, so Mark, what do we got first? 
Oh, we got an old friend of the show actually uh, writing in once again uh, an email here from our pal Leroy. Oh, oh Leroy! Leroy. Yeah, right. so he says, I'm still in Vegas, living out of a hotel. I figured while I'm around, I might as well become a Golden Knights season ticket holder. Although my life is in shambles, the Knights play has got me excited about life again. Do you guys think they can actually make the playoffs? I really need this. P.S. I laid down my last grand on them qualifying for the big dance. Oh, Leroy. <laughs> Leroy. Um, this is probably the biggest story of the NHL at the quarter mark, yeah. the, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, who would have thought that they'd be in first place in the Pacific Division? It's just incredible. Best start in expansion history. With everything that happened in Las Vegas with the shooting, um, I think it's really great that the whole city sort of rallied behind the team. Yeah, not to mention all the injuries that they faced. I mean, they're on their, they were on their fourth goalie there for a little while and still winning games. So pretty incredible start. Um, I mean, I would go a little bit further. The start is a little bit too incredible. Mm, how so? Well, it seems like this is Vegas. The fix is in. We all know about George McPhee and his history with the Brotherhood of the Blade. Oh, oh that, the conspiracy segment's already done there, John. It all comes so ease back. It, ease well, it back a little bit. Here. Well, I mean, this. I mean, we need to acknowledge this, though. This is a real thing, especially in a city like Vegas, which is always running on the odds and trying to make money for people. I, I think that this reeks of a fix. So you think the entire league is in on it? I think the entire league is totally in on Vegas, yes. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody's making money. Everybody in the inner circle, at least. All right, then. Yeah. Well, I think it's a nice story. Mark, what do you think? No doubt it's a great story, Jeff, but I think uh, it's only a matter of time before midnight strikes for Cinderella. Great start, but there's a lot of season to go, and I just don't think management really wants it that badly. I think the way they built this team with a lot of expiring contracts, I think that they would almost secretly rather not do this well so early on and if it comes down to it and it's a kind of a 50 50 which way should we go should we make a push or should we ease off a little bit and maybe dump some contracts i think they'll probably choose the latter so as great as this has been i i really don't see this being a story by the time we get to the three-quarter mark yeah i mean i'm pretty sure the brotherhood will make their money regardless of whether or not they make the playoffs so i would actually pick them not to so leroy um hold off i guess it's probably too late for you but maybe you can make a, a counter bet or something yeah like that. hit your bets uh, leroy yeah, yeah. Okay, so, John, what do we have next? Uh, next, we have a tweet from Brian Boitano. I'm assuming this is not the Brian Boitano. It might be. It might be, but, well, you never know. How many Brian Boitanos are there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there might be a few. I'm not sure. But anyways, it says, The new Hockey Hall of Fame inductees are in. What does the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast think of it? Okay, Hockey Hall of Fame. I really like this year's class, the 2017 class. I think it's excellent. Um, we've got, probably led by Timu Solani, We've also got uh, his former teammate, Paul Correa, uh, Mark Recchi, Dave Andrichuk. There's also the uh, female hockey player, Danielle Goyette, the team owner, Jeremy Jacobs, and former coach, Claire Drake. Well, that's a long list. Yeah, I think it's a nice list. I think the bar is too low. I think we should probably uh, trim that down to a few people per year. Yeah? Who'd, yeah you, well, who'd you take out of there? They were both really good players, but uh, I wouldn't have Recchi or Andrichuk in there. You wouldn't? No. They had put up great numbers, had long careers, but uh, they weren't dominant elite hockey players. And I think that's what a Hall of Fame is for, is putting in the best of the best. And they were never even really the best player on their own team. So yeah, I wouldn't mind just having less guys get in. In fact, if there's a year where there's no one who's worthy of it, then just roll it over to the next year. Yeah, I mean, hockey's always been a little bit different than baseball. It seems like the Baseball Hall of Fame has extremely high standards. And that's the way it should be. It's a Hall of Fame. It's not a bus. Not anyone can get on. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. Um, for me, this class is special because uh, growing up as a Jets fan, 
I remember Timu Solani and uh, his rookie season where he scored 73 goals. Uh, still holds 76? the record. 76? Yeah, 76. 76. Some fan you are. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And I was just a wee lad. But, I mean, that was a special time for me. Um, I remember all those stretch passes from Phil Housley, all those breakaway goals. Um, so, for me, this is a special one. I always like Timo. And, he, you know, he stretched a couple eras. He sort of started his career in the high-scoring 90s. But then went all the way through the sort of New Jersey Devils style trap hockey and still scored lots of goals and, of course, won that Stanley Cup. Um, so I think he's a deserving inductee. Well, absolutely. He epitomizes what a Hall of Famer is. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about former Anaheim Mighty Ducks, they were the Mighty Ducks back then. What a dark period that was. But anyway, <laughs> Paul Correa, that was a hell of a hockey player who unfortunately just played in the wrong era. Can you imagine what he'd be doing right now with some of the new rule changes and just more freewheeling kind of hockey, less cut clutching and hooking and holding? I think he would be among the league leading scorers every single year. I mean, he was even when he was playing in that era. Yeah, he averaged a point a game over 900 games. Yeah, and fewer headshots, of course. That was the thing that really did him in in the end, which was a shame. He was such a talented hockey player. Okay, boys, let's wrap this up here. we got time for one last one. Mark, what do you got? Sweet tweet prickly Pete, Casper Casperitis. Oh, Jeff, didn't you have a case of that at one point? <laughs> no denials, hey? Yeah. Just a look of shame. Hey, yo. Well, anyway, speaking of weird, uh, this is a really odd question, but we take all kinds of tweets here, all kinds of emails. You know, we, we don't choose favorites. Uh, he asks, which player's ghost would you least want to be haunted by? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Okay, um, I'm going to go with probably one of the most feared enforcers of all time, Derek Bugard. Oh, the boogeyman. The boogeyman. He was a scary presence on the ice. What an intimidator. Unfortunately, he died a really tragic death, but I can only imagine what it would be like to have that guy lurking over your shoulder. Sure. You know, waking up in a cold sweat and his ghost is just hovering over your bed, staring you down. Oh my God, I'd probably pee myself. Mm. John, what about you? Um, I mean, I guess being Canadian, I feel like I'm always haunted by Tim Horton. <laughs> what Tim do you mean? Horton. Great okay. donuts, sandwiches, soup? Sure, but if anybody has more haunted houses, uh, I'd like to know because he's got the most haunted houses anywhere in the world, I'm sure. How can I enjoy a double-double? Tim Horton hovering over my shoulder. Timbits, for that matter. <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah. So I, I got to go with Tim Horton. All right. And Mark, what about you? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with someone who's still alive. Okay. But he's quite All a bit right. older than I am, so I reckon I'll probably outlive him. Better knock on wood there. Yeah, but yeah knocking, knock, knocking. Uh, I'm going to go with Esatikinen. Oh, yeah. The All ultimate right. pest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This guy would shadow people, smack talk them, hook them, slash them, hold them, whatever it took to gain an edge. Can you imagine this guy following you around town? It'd oh be my rough. God, it'd be horrible. Yeah, and I, I heard he learned how to smack talk in different languages, Russian and Swedish. It's at, and so oh, on. In my travels, I've already been smack talked in many languages, and Finnish is not among them yet. So that would be maybe a, a feather to put in my cap. But yeah, you might pick up some Chinese. I uh, can't imagine being on the golf course with this guy following me around i got enough negative self-talk i think i'm already haunted by my own ghosts we had just an absolute nightmare so yeah for me there's no worse guy than estetikinen okay so that wraps up another edition of ask the commission that will conclude our podcast yeah remember you can always send us an email at rod langway fan club at gmail.com or you can tweet us at rod langway fan club we also accept snail mail but please no mustache trimmings Rest assured, we'll be back for that mid-season podcast before you know it. 
Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you had yourselves a time. Well, I, I, I hope you had yourselves a time. Hope you had yourselves a time. Hope, hope you had time. Time, time, selves a time. You had, hope, hope you had yourselves a time. Well, I hope you had, hope, selves a time. Hope, time, time. Hope you had, hope you had, hope you had the time. Time, hope you had, you had selves a time. Selves a time, time. Well, I hope you had, you had selves a time. Hope, time, hope, hope, time, time. Hope you had.